0: Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast, a show that looks at mysteries and the unexplained. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I look at something unexplained, telling a story or describing it, then look at the theories surrounding it. I won't give you any answers because I don't know them myself. I'll just give you what you need to decipher yourself. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. The episode this week is a science episode. This week, we're looking at a phenomenon that affects people after they've been in a coma. Let's try and answer the question, why do people speak in foreign languages after they've been in a coma? Most people, if not everyone, was forced to learn a second language in school. I had to learn one in university to have the experience of learning a second language to help with teaching English as a second language. Some people kept up the study of the language and some didn't. What if that never really mattered and a coma could make you fluent in the language you've learned? Well, some people have actually gone through this. In 2010, a 13-year-old Croatian girl woke up from a coma after 24 hours, with the ability to speak German fluently. Previously, she'd been learning German in school and watching German TV shows, but was nowhere near fluent. Two years later, an 81-year-old man in England woke up after a stroke speaking fluent Welsh. He'd never learned Welsh formally and hadn't lived in Wales for 70 years. As a child during World War II, he'd been evacuated to live with his grandmother in Wales and was surrounded by the language. After returning to England, he stopped using the language and hadn't used it since. For three days after the stroke, the man spoke Welsh exclusively. Luckily for him, his wife spoke Welsh as well and could translate it for him. Over the course of his recovery, the Welsh faded away and he returned to the English he spoke as his native language. Then in 2013, a man in Australia was in a car accident. When he woke up, he was fluent in Mandarin. He'd studied Mandarin in school, but was never fluent in it. Something different happened to him though. He never lost his ability to speak Mandarin. The year after his accident, he went to study Commerce at Shanghai University and had given tours of Melbourne in Mandarin and appeared on Chinese TV shows. In 2016, a 16-year-old from Atlanta, Georgia, suffered from a concussion during a soccer game. When he woke up from the injury, he could only speak fluent Spanish. In later interviews, after his English returned and the Spanish began to fade away, he said that the Spanish language just flowed out of him and whenever he tried to speak in English he would have a seizure. The most recent case of this phenomenon seems to be in 2019, when a woman from Hastings, England was hit by a van and hit her head in the subsequent fall. She was in a coma for three weeks. When she woke up she spoke in French fluently. She'd studied French in school about 30 years beforehand, but wasn't fluent prior to the accident. She says that she doesn't remember much of the ordeal, but she knows that she had to relearn everything based on the damage her brain had suffered from the accident. She did regain her ability to speak English, although the damage to her brain did cause her to lose her spatial awareness and some of her motor functions. This condition actually has a name. It's called aphasia, which is an acquired communication disorder. This usually affects someone's ability to process all language, but doesn't affect intelligence. Around 1 in 250 Americans suffer from it, and around 10,000 develop it every year. I can't find any stats for other countries, so we're going to have to just stick with the Americans for a minute. We're not currently sure why it happens, and there are a few theories, but before we get to that, we need to look at the big problem here. The disorder doesn't affect intelligence which is important the language abilities of the people in these stories shouldn't have been affected at all because of this somehow though these people gained fluency from the disorder it doesn't make a whole lot of sense since aphasia typically has a negative effect on language skills not a positive one with that Let's move on to the possible reasons why people are affected with this specific kind of aphasia. Sometimes, when bilingual people suffer from brain trauma, they lose the ability to speak one of their known languages. This phenomenon is a type of aphasia, simply known as bilingual aphasia. We've looked at how people are affected, but not why. I have a couple of theories today. Things that scientists have said after looking at the disorder. A neurolinguist at McGill University in Montreal michael paradis says that these situations aren't surprising he explained that different parts of the brain are involved in remembering different languages and because of this it's possible that a coma can cause problems that may be located in such a way that they only affect one known language however paradis also says that fluency cannot just happen like that he said that the expectation be that a person could retain their language ability and that recovering fluent language skills aren't possible if the person affected wasn't already fluent. Joe Corner from the Stroke Association says that one theory for aphasia says that it has something to do with the brain's plasticity when it needs to make new connections to perform tasks that were previously known. This will be specific to tasks that are often taken for granted such as speech and motor functions, which can be greatly affected by a stroke. Some neurologists agree with this, believing that the brain will compensate for damage to it by building new pathways to make beneficial connections to the person affected. Some people link this specific phenomenon with foreign accent syndrome, which also occurs from a brain injury. The two are vastly different, though. Bilingual aphasia affects the language itself and therefore is a completely mental disorder. Foreign accent syndrome actually affects the part of the brain that directs the muscles used in speech and is a physical disorder. But that's not to say that they're completely separate. The lack of muscle control in speech can make us sound like we're speaking with a different accent, but it can also make us sound like we're fluent in a language, even when we're not. According to Science Alert, a combination of the two of these may be what's behind this phenomenon. In reality, the patients may not be speaking fluently, but are using the parts of the language that they do know in the absence of their native one. But the aphasia only goes so far. Losing control of the speech muscles can also have an effect on the speech, making it sound like a fluent conversation is happening when it's not. This would be compounded in a situation where the second language isn't one that is spoken commonly in the area. On the other side of that, the lack of a native language could also have something to do with the speech. The aphasia preventing the person from using their native language could be allowing them to access parts of the second language in ways that they only knew subconsciously prior to their injury. Stephen Novella, as neuroscientists from Yale said that theoretically this could have the effect of making the second language seem more fluent because there's no longer mental energy being expended to inhibit the native language because it's suddenly an automatic process. Bonnie Lorenzen and Laura Murray of the Indiana University performed a theoretical and clinical review on bilingual aphasia they looked at bilingualism in the u.s and how aphasia affects that as well as how bilingualism affects recovery from aphasia their review concluded that although there is a growing understanding of bilingualism and the recovery patterns identified in bilingual aphasia there aren't any empirical management techniques to help with the treatment suggesting that the phenomenon isn't very well understood They found that debate was still ongoing about how bilingualism is even qualified and quantified, including linguistic concepts that appear only in bilingual speakers. There also isn't a clear identification of how linguistic considerations, like the nature of each language's lexicon, and cognitive factors, like attention to and inhibition of the language, influence language selection and use in even healthy speakers. They suggest that this then causes a problem with understanding how these factors contribute to recovery patterns in aphasia sufferers, and requires further exploration. They also found that most bilingual aphasia research has involved weak study designs, which often fail to control for confounding variables, a factor that can distort the results of a study by providing a different explanation or masking the effects of another variable. Lorenzen and Murray suggested that replication and extension of these studies should take place to account for this. Scientifically, this phenomenon hasn't been cracked yet, but we do have theories and people are actually researching it to try and find out why it happens. I think it's really interesting, but that's because I studied linguistics. I'd suggest learning a second language just in case, but from the sounds of it that may not be as helpful as it seems. The examples of the phenomenon from this episode came from an NBC News article called Girl Wakes From Coma Speaks German. A Medical Daily article called Stroke Victim Wakes Only Speaking Language He Never Formally Learned A Tech Times article called Man Wakes Up From Coma Speaking Mandarin Instead Of English A Science Alert article called An English-Speaking Teenager Has Woken Up From A Coma Speaking Fluent Spanish And a Guardian article called Experience I Woke Up From A Coma Speaking French The theories from this episode are came from the NBC article, the Medical Daily article, the Science Alert article, and a study from Indiana University called Bilingual Aphasia, A Theoretical and Clinical Review. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Social media links are available using the link in the episode description. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and i'm still in the process of planning short pieces of episodes to go on tiktok as well as the full episodes going on youtube i have a patreon but i'm still deciding what to post on it this season i know we're like a quarter of the way through the season so that's exciting i don't know if i'm ever going to decide what i'm going what's going on in this season there's a three pound tier though if you want to support me anyway The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree, and as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month, and I'll find something extra special for the people that do that. My email address is also in the episode description if you want to send me spooky stories, unexplained events, or even mysteries you want me to look at. If I get enough, I'll set up some listener episodes just to read them. Please don't hesitate to email me if you've got any corrections or issues with the things that I've said either. Once I see the email, I'll make sure to correct myself. This week's Creature feature is going to be out on Saturday and next week's episode will be out on Wednesday, February the 8th. So hold on until then.